This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Hey, it's 12.03, Thursday afternoon, September 8th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. And, of course, uh, we will stay on top of developments from Great Britain as uh, Queen Elizabeth II remains under medical supervision, her family rushing to her side at Balmoral Castle in Scotland. Uh, any announcements from the palace will be passed along to you as soon as we get them. More websites are removing social media logins as a way of protecting user privacy. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, Fed Chair Jerome Powell spoke today. While the latest tally of jobless claims is out, we're joined by Greg McBride, Chief Financial Analyst with Bankrate.com in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Greg, thanks for joining us once again today. Let's recap the speech that uh, Jay Jay Powell gave to the Cato Institute this morning. basically reiterating what he has been saying is that uh, they're going to keep up that pace of interest rates until it looks like uh, inflation has slowed in a uh, meaningful way. And that means uh, more likely than not a 75 or basis point interest rate hike when the Fed meets later this month. Yeah, they do meet later this month. And they've certainly sent every signal that that three quarters percentage point, if it doesn't happen, that it's at least under very strong consideration. I think the one thing that stands between us and carving that in stone is the release next week of the August Consumer Price Index, the inflation reading. Uh, Do we see more moderation in inflation? And is it any more broad-based or is it still largely attributable to energy? I think those those kind of the only question marks still standing between this and the next Fed meeting. But the bottom line is Powell, as well as the rest of the members of the Fed uh, Open Mouth Committee, have been very consistent about driving home this point that they're going to continue to raise rates. Inflation's public enemy number one, and don't count on them uh, reversing course and beginning to cut rates in 2023. Now, the Fed has been raising rates all years, all year long. Now, on a historical basis, uh, the current location of the uh, Federal funds rate is uh, historically low compared to other kind of uh, times of economic expansion. At the same time, though, if you're uh, Fed Chair Jay Powell or members of the Open Mouth Committee, as you like to call them, and you're looking at some of the economic numbers that are coming out, um, employment is still robust. Uh, Claims for first-time unemployment benefits uh, at all-time historic lows. And uh, you see signs of uh, growth in the services sector. What does this tell you? Well, that labor market, that imbalance, the fact that there's two open jobs for every unemployed worker, that that imbalance is something that the Fed and Powell specifically has pointed to as something that they want to bring back into balance, that that is a contributing factor to inflation. Uh, The dreaded wage price spiral that they want to avoid, uh, that could be fed by uh, an overly strong labor market. And so that's actually one of their points of urgency. But, you know, there's a lot of debate about whether or not we're in a recession or headed for one, uh, it, you know, with the conflicting economic signals. 
I don't think we're in a recession now, uh, but I do think that's where we'll end up. And I'd put it this way. When you look out the window of your studio right now, it's a sunny day. The weather's nice. It's warm. People are still wearing shorts. There's no sign of winter whatsoever. My goodness, but Greg, it's my, like you're here. My friends, in, <laughs> my friends in Chicago, you know what's coming. Well, I, I do want to ask you very quickly, though. It seems like the uh, discussion of a soft landing has been completely abandoned. But uh, if there was a soft landing, will the job market provide the cushion? It very well could, because that is one of the uh, really pillars of strength. And I think that, as well as consumer household balance sheets in much better shape uh, it, right now and at, at this point in the economic cycle than we've seen in cycles past. I think both of those do provide a little bit of a cushion. Uh, it, you know, the, the, the pain so far feeling much more on the business side. Uh, I think a recession that you know might look a lot more like 2001 than certainly what we saw in 2008. Greg McBride, Chief Financial Analyst, Pankrate.com, based in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up, why social media logins are disappearing from websites. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The number of websites that allow logins with social media credentials is shrinking. Let's find out why from Shelley Palmer, the CEO of the Palmer Group and founder of the Med Academy based in New York. Follow him on Twitter at Shelley Palmer. Shelley, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Uh, a number of companies have removed that button that allows you to log into a website uh, with your Facebook credentials, uh, just as you would using your Google credentials or some other uh, messaging service or app. Why is that happening? Yeah, it's really interesting, 100% political, and but also indicative from a data perspective of Facebook's waning popularity. Uh, this is a uh, the single sign-on or this ability to sign on to a website using a, you know credentials you might have from something where you're already authenticated is incredibly convenient. So sign in with Google, sign in with ShopPay if you're a shop if you're on a site that's taking Shopify and you've already used Shopify before. Facebook, sign on with Facebook, has been around a long, long time, and it was always considered super convenient. But, you know, they've been in the news a little bit <laughs> the last couple of years. And to be fair, no one's dumping their Google sign-on, right? Every, the, all the sites are still accepting Google. It's Facebook that we're looking at specifically. And the reason most people will cite is that there isn't uh, enough demand. There aren't enough people actually using login with Facebook on their sites to justify it. But, you know, it's one little button. So obviously, it's not that big of a deal to leave on. If, you know, a significant number of people were using it, that'd be fine. I think this is more political than anything else. And I also believe deeply that people don't understand what this is. They feel like they might be revealing some of their Facebook data by using the Facebook sign, on which they're not in any way. So it's that technical misunderstanding of the population and a little bit of prejudice politically, and boom. Facebook sign on gone. Is this strictly an American issue? Because I probably share the gripes that a lot of other people have with the Facebook experience, having been on the site since 2008, and it's just no longer enjoyable anymore. And uh, the you've connected with all the people you want to connect with, and it's just a lot of uh, family drama on uh, from 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 complete strangers, uh, political rants, and just other things that aren't very uh, interesting anymore. But outside of the U.S., Facebook is your entry into the internet uh it's your isp and right. uh, is this happening uh, in other countries or is this strictly a, an american phenomenon so it's really interesting that you that you 
look at Facebook as a sort of an entry or an on-ramp to the internet because in so many international uh, places, it is just exactly that. This little bit with single sign-on is, is more about America than it is about any international location. But one of the most important things to realize is that there's over 3 billion people on Facebook. And while it may no longer be the thing you're into, uh, there are entire economies uh, in other places on the earth that are run on Facebook. There are, Facebook advertising is still incredibly powerful. It works extremely well. So we're not having a telethon for the Facebook organization anytime soon. They're doing just fine. But this little bit with single sign-on, I think, is indicative of the really public sentiment about Facebook and also so indicative of a lack of understanding. You're not in any way exposing your data when you use that kind of tool, but people don't realize that. So you have two things going on here, complete technical ignorance and a little bit of prejudice about the site and some of the, you know, some of, look, Facebook deserves some of the bad press they've got. In fact, they deserve all of it. They need to do better. Shelley Palmer, CEO of the Palmer Group, founder of the Met Academy in New York. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter at Shelley Palmer. Coming up next, General Motors ups the ante in the growing competition for electric vehicle buyers. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. An economy of words. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Technology Thursday, and in this segment, the spotlight is on General Motors' efforts in the electric vehicle market. Let's get the latest now from Jeff Gilbert, CBS News Automotive Correspondent based in Detroit. Jeff, thanks for joining us today. The all-electric Equinox EV will go... Go on sale next fall at $30,000. That is the price. Is that the base price? Uh, will this thing go up to forty-five, forty-six, depending on options? That is the starting at price. So, yes, it goes up from there. And I should say the starting at around price because it could be thirty-one, thirty-two. So it's around $30,000 for the base model going up from there. Again, bringing EVs a little bit more into the mainstream. And uh, this is about half of the price of uh, some of the uh, new electric models of old favorites. So it sounds like uh, Chevrolet is pricing this uh, SUV to move. Uh, Yeah, exactly. I mean, General Motors has has said for the record they want to be all electric. So they started on the high end with vehicles like the Hummer and like the Cadillac Lyric that is just out. They, uh, over the summer, showed off a Blazer, an electric Blazer. They're going to have an electric Chevy Silverado. Of course, pickups are in the heart of the market. And that size EV, the Equinox size EV, you know, along with vehicles like the uh, RAV4 and the CRV from Toyota and Honda, I mean, that is the heart. That is the American passenger car these days, those midsize SUVs. And it sounds like uh, as far as Chevy and General Motors is concerned, they want this particular model just based on the price point to be the game changer. Exactly. And, and this is actually kind of the start of being the game changer. This this is bringing EVs in, into affordable prices. Chevy, or I should say General Motors and Honda, have a joint venture to, to try to get the price of 
some lower cost EVs down in the 20,000s. So in the next couple of years, you're going to see models from GM and Honda at even lower prices. Now, Chevy was first out of the gate a long time ago with the Bolt as far as electric vehicles are concerned. But it was really Tesla that took all the glory to the point where uh, Tesla has almost become Xerox or Kleenex in terms of uh, how you talk about electric vehicles. Why is it that uh, Tesla got all the glory, but uh, the Bolt was first? Well, because Tesla, A, is thought of in people's minds as a tech company, not a car company. So that's why its stock price is as high as it is. And Tesla decided, hey, they had the idea, let's come in at the high end of the market and let's, uh, you know, put a Tesla in a garage where somebody has a BMW on the other side, and that worked magnificently. What, what, what I'm going to be interested in isn't so much the Chevy EVs, but the EVs that uh, I've driven in the last couple of months from Mercedes and BMW at the high end are, are you know, knock your socks off kind of vehicles. So how are they going to compare with a Tesla, which is techie, but don't have, doesn't have interiors that, that are comparable to, say, BMW and Mercedes? And then very quickly, uh, when will this uh, hit a showroom near you? Uh, Chevy Equinox is going to be out latter part of next year. The uh, Blazer will come a little earlier that than that, and early in the year we'll see the Silverado. Jeff Gilbert, CBS News Automotive Correspondent based in Detroit. Thank you for joining us. This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Doctors in England are concerned about Queen Elizabeth's health. A special report coming up from CBS News. In Technology Thursday, Chicago-based United Airlines places an order for electric air taxis. The impact of inflation is likely to be felt during the holiday shopping season. WBBM Business, the markets are higher. The Dow is up 122 points. The NASDAQ is up 18. The S&P 500 is up 15. The AccuWeather forecast for the rest of today, plenty of sunshine, pleasantly warm, a high of 84. Upper 70s along the lakefront tonight, clear skies, lows ranging from 55 in some suburbs to 63 along the lakefront. Right now, we have 81 degrees in Chicago under sunny skies at 1231. CBS News special report. We're not hearing a lot from Buckingham Palace, only that Queen Elizabeth's doctors are concerned for her health and that family members are on the way to her Scottish castle or have already arrived. Correspondent Holly Williams. I haven't heard uh, in, in, in previous instances where they've where they've gone to see her and she, she's a long way from London. She's about 500 miles from here in her Scottish home, Balmoral Castle. So certainly that news is pretty concerning. CBS's Charlie Daggett. The last time we saw the Queen was on Tuesday. She was meeting with the new Prime Minister, Liz Truss. The new Prime Minister made a statement in Commons saying, my thoughts and the thoughts of people across the United Kingdom are with Her Majesty, the Queen, and her family at this time. Scottish National Party leader Ian Blackford was addressing Parliament when the news came down. We're saddened to hear the announcement that's been made and the thoughts and prayers of all of us will be with Her Majesty the Queen. CBS News Special Report. I'm Peter King.
And this just in uh, from Balmoral Castle in Scotland, Buckingham Palace says Queen Elizabeth II, Britain's longest reigning monarch, has died at the age of 96 after 70 years on the throne. Queen Elizabeth II, the word coming in officially from the palace, has died at the age of 96. A remarkable stretch of British history and world history uh, the, the uh, over which uh, Queen Elizabeth uh, was the British monarch beginning in 1952. Uh, as Britain was uh, coming out of the uh, wreckage wrought by World War II, uh, helping guide Great, uh, Great Britain uh, from a world power to a partner in uh, Western European security as a United States ally during the Cold War and during the War on Terror. Queen Elizabeth II has died at the age of 96. We will have much more on this story. Special reports from CBS News uh, throughout the afternoon and throughout the evening right here on WBBM. It's 12.33 as the noon business hour continues. Markets have been kind of a choppy day on Wall Street. Let's get the latest now on trading from Jim Welsh, macro strategist, portfolio manager with Smart Portfolio based in San Diego, the website macrotides.com. Jim, thanks for joining us this afternoon on what's turned out to be a rather busy news day. Uh, What uh, is driving this this choppiness on, uh, on, on Wall Street today? Well, a combination of things. The market became really oversold uh, after declining more than 300 points in terms of the S&P after uh, Chair Powell's uh, Jackson Hole speech, Rob. And so we've got an oversold condition, and the market's trying to hold it together. Uh, yesterday, Lyle Brannard made a, an acknowledgment that, gee, at some point in time, uh, the downside risks will start to play a role in monetary policy. That isn't going to happen in the short run, but it provided some uh, fodder, if you will, for short-term traders to say, okay, it's time to do some buying. So I think we're just bobbing and weaving. My overall expectation, Rob, is I think the market has the capacity to work higher in the next handful of weeks. Now, taking a look at uh, Jay Powell's uh, commentary, you know, everyone's a hawk these days uh, from the chairman of the Federal Reserve on down. And they're talking about, uh, you know, to do whatever it takes to bring inflation under control. And I kind of see uh, Powell with his uh, interest rate uh, hikes as a tool, much in the same way a a construction worker would use a jackhammer to uh, break into a big pile of concrete. Uh, How long does he have to use the jackhammer to uh, go into uh, some economic news that's uh, seemingly very positive when it comes to uh, uh, unemployment, when it comes to the pace of hiring, when it comes to uh, economic activity. Uh, How long does he have to work? Well, I think it's going to be a while. And the main thing, uh, the phrase I've been using, Rob, is hike and hold. So the Fed moves the funds rate expeditiously up to the neutral level around three, two and a quarter, or pardon me, two and a half percent. But I think they have communicated very clearly that they're going to raise the funds rate at least another 100 to 150 basis points going into early next year. And then more importantly, rather than continuing to raise rates, they're going to uh, hold them there. And the idea being is like a room full of people. You take some of the oxygen out. And uh, the weaker folks start to pass out, but the overall number of people still are upright and the economy will slow under 2% for a period of time. And their hope is that that if they extend that for through 2023, that the inflationary pressures will ease up. Labor slack will also increase 
and that will set the stage for the next uh, recovery. Jim Welsh, macro strategist and portfolio manager with Smart Portfolio in San Diego, the website macrotides.com. The news breaking just a couple of moments ago, Buckingham Palace announcing that Queen Elizabeth II of Great Britain has died at the age of 96. She recently celebrated 70 years on the throne, one of the longest reigning monarchs in world history. We will have a special report from CBS News. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.